Good morning, Nashville. Happy Amateur Hour today. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Wednesday, March 17th. Today on the show, Josh Ward of WNML will give us his prediction for the Vols-Beavers matchup on Friday afternoon. The always amazing Jeff Merrick of Sportsnet offers up the outsider's opinion of David Poyle. But we begin with yet another wild day of Titans free agent maneuvering. The 440 is built every single morning for you for free by the Kingston Group. That's right, Nashville's award-winning, locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm, Look, your house works for you, and when you do a major remodel or a custom build in the right way, with the right planning and the right vision, it's not only an investment in your happiness, but it is an investment in your actual bank account. You know how you build equity? You do smart remodels with the people that know exactly how to do it the best, and that is the Kingston Group. If you don't believe me, go check out the website, buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com. Be proud of your home, be happy in your home, and let your home make you some money. BuildKG.com is the website, the Kingston Group. Well, the second day of Operation Deep Clean was almost as bizarre as the first. After the Titans spent a lot of money on big-ticket defensive line pieces in Bud Dupree and Denico Autry and watched Corey Davis and Johnu Smith sign elsewhere, John Robinson continued to clean house or rebuild or retool or wholesale sell-off or pick a cliche that means the Titans are going to look really, really different in 2021. Let's start with the cuts. Robinson and the Titans announced that they were releasing fifth-year cornerback Adoree Jackson and starting tackle Dennis Kelly. The move will save the Titans $10.2 million on Jackson's contract after opting out of his fifth year, the one they picked up right around this time last year. Kelly, a reliable and versatile piece that we all know and love, was owed just $6.5 million this year and is still going to be a $3.1 million dead cap hit. So the Titans saved a grand total of $3.4 million on cutting Kelly. It's a strange move, especially considering who they drafted in the first round last year. Jackson was hurt all of last season, is undersized, and the team saved a lot of cash by moving on, even if he was a really solid player when he was healthy. Robinson just dropped a nuke on his defensive secondary. Three of his starting four players have been cut in the last few days. Malcolm Butler, Kenny Vaccaro, and now Jackson. Between investing in Dupree and Autry and Mike Vrabel's decision to keep Shane Bowen on as the defensive coordinator, Robinson is clearly making a statement that personnel was the issue last season and not coaching or scheme. Is he right? Who knows? We will all find out together this fall, but he is systematically executing his plan with ruthless conviction, something I normally give him a lot of credit for. But after last offseason, it is fair to be skeptical of the amount of change that Robinson is executing. Of course, he wasn't finished on Tuesday. It was then announced that 32-year-old veteran cornerback Janoris Jenkins will be the third big defensive free agent signing for the Titans in two days. Jenkins goes by Jackrabbit and is entering his 11th season in the NFL. He's dependable, if not spectacular, and Robinson has made it very clear that he's finished with injury-prone players. Jenkins has played at least 13 games in nine of his 10 seasons. Jackrabbit is not the youngest of options and can get a little handsy. He was second in the NFL in defensive pass interference calls last season and is one of the more penalized defensive backs in the NFL over the last decade. But he was still a very consistent player for New Orleans the last year and a half and has turned into a pretty dependable tackler, something that we know Vrabel loves out of his defensive backs. As of right now, Kevin Byard and Amani Hooker are your starting safeties. 
which is still pretty solid. And the Titans' starting cornerbacks are Jenkins and Christian Fulton, with Breon Borders and Chris Jackson playing in the nickel and dime. Obviously, Robinson could and likely will make more moves on his defense, and now corner is very much in play with the Titans' first-round draft pick. I'll say this about the first few days of Titans' free agency. It has been anything but boring, and it probably ain't even close to being over yet. Oregon State and Tennessee are set to tip off on Friday at 3.30 p.m. Central Time on TNT at Baker's Life Fieldhouse. The Vols opened as an 8.5-point favorite over the Beavers, who are the 46th-ranked overall team in the tournament by the committee. By the way, I love the overall rankings, the true S curve, all that good stuff we got this year. It's fantastic to see how the committee viewed all 68 teams against each other. In an effort to get as many different voices to preview this matchup as possible, let's head up to Knoxville and visit with Josh Ward of WNML to give us his thoughts on the keys to this matchup with Oregon State and what he thinks is going to happen on Friday afternoon. I really like Tennessee going into its opening game in the NCAA tournament against Oregon State. I think going into this game, the biggest key for Tennessee will be turnovers, which is the biggest focus in most games for Tennessee. And that's on both ends of the floor. On the offensive end, if Tennessee takes care of the basketball, they can get good shots. On the defensive end of the floor, if Tennessee creates turnovers, then the Vols typically have success. The numbers say this season, when Tennessee is able to create turnovers and generate some points, some scoring from the defensive side of the floor, things work out in Tennessee's favor, and I think that should be the case against Oregon State. Oregon State is a team that has been able to take the ball away, but they haven't been great there, and they've been able to take pretty good care of the basketball, but Tennessee has been better at forcing turnovers. The way Tennessee played in the SEC tournament, really in the last week of the season, two games against Florida and then against Alabama, Tennessee's defense had great effort. Eve Pond was all over the place, and he will be a factor, I think, in this game. I think Tennessee's defense will help lead the way, and if the offense can be good enough, then I think Tennessee should have no problem against Oregon State. The Vols are big favorites in this game for a reason. They do have to take Oregon State seriously, considering the Beavers are coming in, having just won the Pac-12 tournament, so they're playing their best basketball of the season. But when you line the two teams up, Tennessee is better. Tennessee should win the game. So I'll take Tennessee to win by five to seven points in the end against Oregon State. Here are a couple more nuggets for you college basketball fans as we get ready for the Tennessee-Oregon State game on Friday afternoon. And of course, I'll start with the 5-12 matchup because we all get scared when we see that. Historically, the five seed is 90-50 and 50 in this game, which is a 64% winning percentage all time. For some context, four seeds do much better and win their first-round matchup 79% of the time, and six seeds over time are about the same as the fives. Their winning percentage in the first round is 62%. So historically, there's definitely some truth to the 5-12 upset magic. But get this. Over the last 10 years, 11 seeds have a winning record over sixes. They are 21-19 overall. So recently... The biggest upset to target in your bracket is not the 512, it is definitely the 611. So rest easy, Big Orange Nation. We had the great Jeff Merrick of Sportsnet on the Gold Standard podcast this week, and we had a chance to dive deep into the history of regime changes in the NHL midseason, his evaluation of John Hines, and what the Preds' strategy should be moving forward. But most importantly, we asked him exactly how David Poyle is currently viewed from outside Nashville on a national level. 
Well, first of all, from my position, I love the fact that David Poyle is in the league because he always gives you something to talk about. And as you guys well know more than I do, because you're there, I mean, this guy swings for the fences. Like this guy is not shy about the big move and he's, and he's made them uh, more times than not. And, you know, ultimately you may say that, you know, that might be one of the downfalls um, of the Nashville Predators. You look at that entire forward unit and it's pretty much, you know, all trades and signings as opposed to talent that's grown through the system and up through the admirals and into the, the Predators organization. Um, you know, I think if you look at, you know, the entire body of work of David Poyle, I think overwhelmingly he's done a wonderful job uh, with the Nashville Predators. Having said all that, you know, I am uh, a firm believer that, you know, after a while, an organization does need at least a fresh coat of paint uh, on it, needs a, a, a different way to do things. And I think if, if you, you know, ask David Poyle, he'll tell you the exact same thing. Um, just as coaches have shelf lives and players have shelf lives and broadcasters have shelf lives, general managers do as well. So, It'll be interesting to see what happens this offseason as, you know, the architect of the uh, the Nashville Predators from day one, uh, cutting ribbons and pouring concrete and drafting players, etc. Uh, if he has, uh, if he's still in the, the position to tear down what he wants built, what, what he wants built rather, then that's a difficult position to put someone in because sometimes you can be emotionally married to certain decisions where someone comes in with a fresh view you know, there's no background, there's no history, there's no promises, conversations, etc. And just come in and make all those, you know, cold decisions. Uh, overwhelmingly, he's been a success for Nashville. I understand, you know, after a while, as much as the hits may have piled up in the uh, uh, in the previous years, sometimes it's tough to write that hit record again. And that might be where where Poyle is at with the Preds at this point. Merrick had tons of killer insight that every Preds fan needs to hear. You can catch that entire conversation on this week's episode of the Gold Standard Podcast with the Athletics' Adam Vingan and myself out every single Wednesday right here on the 440 Sports Network. If you are a Preds fan, there is no better show anywhere for you. Thank you guys all for listening, of course. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff, but also share the product. Tell all your friends Word of mouth is basically how this thing grows, and so we do appreciate all you loyal listeners uh, out there who are you know, tuned in every single morning and uh, need you guys to, to keep passing the word along. So, of course, also special thanks to our title sponsor, The Kingston Group, Nashville's custom home and remodeling firm, award-winning, locally owned, all the things that 440 stands for, they stand for as well. They're analytical, they're thoughtful, and they, they want to do as good a job as possible. That, that's the business model. That's why they've been successful for over a decade in Nashville. And it's why they're the right choice if you're making a big decision like doing a remodel or a, or a custom build. Check them out. BuildKG.com is the website. BuildKG.com. That's the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com. Let their work do the talking. The 440 is a production of 440 Media. Written and produced by Braden Gall. Music by William Tyler.